This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the Starship Enterprise. It's continuing mission to explore strange new worlds. And um, uh, for our fourth and final nightly recap, even though there is another night of the con, but I'm not going to be here tomorrow. I'm flying back to New York. I have with me, we've been having a lot of great fans on thus far, but tonight we have the fan of fans, the king of fans. I don't know about that. John Fan Sitters. John, John Van Sitters. Uh, um, who we've had on the show before, making a repeat appearance, our first repeat appearance to do uh, a little talk about what we saw today. And you can hear the sounds of Las Vegas around us. John, how tired are you right now? I'm very tired. I've been here since Monday morning. So it's been a very long week, but an exhilarating week. I'm, I'm really excited about where Star Trek is and what's been going on this week and what's coming in the future. So uh, it kind of makes up for it, but I'm definitely running on pure adrenaline at this <laughs> well, point. You know, what's funny is that, you know, Star Trek and, and your group at CBS, I mean, this is a big, uh, a, a big franchise and certainly a big thing that occupies a lot of uh, mind share in, in public consciousness. But when it gets down to the nitty gritty of running the con, it suddenly becomes a family affair. So I witnessed something today. You have... Your job description is whatever needs to be done, John does it somehow. You're in a high-power meeting one moment, and you're, you're running around getting somebody a glass of water the next minute. It's a lot of different things. And as we were about to do the content, costume contest last night, uh, last night, tonight, a few hours ago, <laughs> and I was backstage. I had my Andorian makeup on, and I was ready. And there was a million things that needed to be done, and people were barking orders around. We had a... Uh, gather 30 um, kind of dazed uh, fans that were in costume that had just been selected, pre-selected, that were going to be finalists. The point I'm building to here is that somehow you roped your wife into it, and she was barking, not barking, but it's like, I have to tell people to do this, and everybody listen to me, and suddenly she had been deputized. She, she was suddenly deputized, although although she uh, she definitely volunteered for it. Uh, she, she's done some work uh, backstage with the Her Universe fashion show at San Diego Comic-Con wrangling uh, the, the contestants for that. Gotcha. And so this was kind of second nature. And <laughs> she saw that the need was there, and she jumped right in. And it was like, it was, it was spectacular because then that was one less thing off of my list. I could go and, and have a different job backstage to make everything run smoothly. Well, that was, it, it, it was uh, spectacular. And, uh, uh, yeah, she's fabulous. There you go. There you go. Well, big, 
big props to everybody there. Well, you know, it was um, a really good costume contest this year. I think it might have been the best one that I've seen. The big guns, and they were the winners too. Uh, there was a Tholian. There was had, a Tholian, which was very impressive. A, a giant Tholian who had like video screens inside his costume so he could see where he was going. Uh, there was, and we've seen them before. We've seen crystalline entities before, but this was the best crystalline entity I've seen. It was. It was nice to see a crystalline entity. Uh, uh, the uh, floating jellyfish from Encounter yes, at Farpoint were yes. there making a presence. Gratitude and great joy. Great joy uh, and gratitude. Great joy and gratitude. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they were there. The, they they got an honorable mention. They didn't were in the top three. There were some re, there were some really great likenesses. There was a woman dressed as uh, as Shana from the Gamesters of Triskillian. She looked remarkable in that heavy duty costume of William Wertheis's. There was another one. Uh, there was a Droxine. Droxine. And she had the whole like uh, peacock thing going on with the. And, yeah, that was uh, that was something else. There was. Uh, uh, I mean, there's just a lot of creativity and a yeah, lot of, a like, really core. nice execution. The the idea of the warp core. Yeah, a woman uh, Which in year, years past, we've also seen... Um, uh, uh, I'm losing my train of thought. There we've, was an, seen, we've seen the Deep Space Nine wormhole yes, in years past. Yes, the wormhole from a couple and, of years And uh, the one I really liked tonight, which I know you liked, uh, did not uh, place in the finalists, but uh, we had the uh, Vulcan Idic. Yes, uh, symbol that 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 march that that kind. Of, I mean, that was a really high concept yes. uh, costume. She, she disappeared on street on, on screen on stage as an idic. Uh, she was sort of the pyramid shape with the spherical head and the and the sort of curved crescent moon top, and managed to find a spot to stick her arm so that when she was presenting herself, there was no you didn't see any skin. It was just the walking icon. It was heavy duty stuff. I'm, I'm here as a logo, but we're we're really yes. <laughs> we're really building to the, the big event, which was the winner. Yeah, and it was it was the one that should won, and they did, and they, they it was the right thing. Now, what they did was so creative; they took one of the most embarrassing moments from the original series. One, one of the moments that I, I I still to this day cringe every time <laughs> I see because it, it was clear that that the budget wasn't necessarily there. And they didn't really know how to depict these aliens right. when it came time at the end of the episode. We're talking about Cat's Paw, and at the end when Sylvia and Koreb revert to their original state, and uh, there are these little felt, little, little little marionettes, little marionettes, these little little guys, little kind of squiggly guys, and no matter how many times they remaster the Blu-ray, you can still see the strings. There's nothing you can do. Um, but so what these two did? There were these two women. Uh, how would you explain what they what they brought to the table? Uh, they, I, I, I think, I think uh, Terry Farrell kind of had it best in on her form. She wasn't really sure what to write down yeah. what they were, and she just described them as shrimp butt, right? Because <laughs> they had what looked like the tails of shrimp uh, coming from their posterior, coming from their rear heads, and they just basically blew up those creatures and made them human size and we asked them we said how the heck did you come up with this idea and they said well it's only on screen for four seconds so we had a freeze frame and really sketch out and study they had flowers coming out of their heads they had weird looking uh 
things coming out of their snouts. Yeah, tendrils. Yeah, it was great. Uh, And bright colors, green, green and orange, and um, it was great. So they deserved it. They got a nice prize, thanks to Creation, and uh, it was terrific. So uh, a really great way to cap off the night. Um, The other big two events to recap from today, in addition to great panels, there was a great. was today three, TNG or three captains today? Three captains today. We had Kate Mulgrew, Scott Bakula, William Shatner. Yeah. Uh, TNG. We had uh, Michael Dorn, uh, Marina Sirtis, and um, Jonathan Frakes. Yeah. Uh, so in addition to that good stuff, uh, John, you held your panel, which was um, which you hold every year, where you sort of uh, you know show off what's going to be in the line next year for. Um, for, for, for gifts that people can buy and goo-gaws and various... Yeah, I, I try and uh, just, just show a little bit about what we've been working on and what uh, some of the events and things that, uh, that we're trying to bring to Star Trek fans over the year. Uh, today I, I highlighted... Uh, a couple of uh, a couple of main things. I, some of the some of the bigger picture things that we have, like the upcoming U.S. postal stamps. Yeah. Uh, the Mac Cosmetics who are here with a crazy, crazy. We've been talking experience. about them all week. Yeah, terrific. Uh, and also, we talked. I talked a bit about different live events that we have. The art ex- exhibition that's touring. Mm. Uh, the, the exhibit at the Experience Music Project uh, EMP Museum in Seattle. Uh, the Starfleet. Academy experience at the USS Intrepid. Uh, just wanted to, for the anniversary, we wanted to create different gathering points for yeah. fans. Because you can't make it to Vegas, you've like, got other opportunities. Yeah, just just like this, we want we want there to be events for fans to kind of gather around, meet other fans, yeah. and express their love for Star Trek. Uh, so every year, I try and get up on stage and you know talk a little bit about exciting things that we have coming. Uh, but today was a little bit special for me, and right. I'm guessing that's where you're going. Yeah, no, here. at the end of the panel, and I wasn't able to see it because I was in the other room talking to Nana Visitor, uh, which was cool in its own right, uh, but you um, were able to give a surprise gift to uh, two people that we recorded an interview with that we're going to run uh, in a couple weeks, uh, to B. Joe and John Trimble, the fans that you can't overstate it were it not for them, you and I would not be sitting here right now. They uh, saved I'd the show and started the letter-writing campaign and gave Star Trek their third season, which got them into syndication, which you know brought everything with it. Yeah, n- none of this would be happening without them. Without that, without salvaging the third season, uh, Star Trek doesn't get into syndication, and I'm not watching it after school, and... None of us are, and uh, Star Trek may have gone into the dustbin of history, but yeah. they organized against all odds a letter-writing campaign and that, that snowballed into something bigger and managed to save Star Trek for a third season. And they're the nicest people. They're really sweet. Um, they're, they're amazing people. Very I, humble. I had not met them before a couple of weeks ago where I had the opportunity to meet uh, B. Joe at Comic-Con, and then at the beginning of this week... Uh, I was lucky enough to have dinner with them and spend some time with them. Uh, and, and it's been a spectacular week. It's been fabulous for them. To, this is the first uh, convention they've been to in a while. Yeah. Uh, and they've had a spectacular time. Uh, B. Joe says she's so energized by all the young fans and how much passion right. there still is yeah. for Star Trek. There are, I mean, there are ki- there's a kid that comes to the One Trek Mind panel every year. His name is... Uh, Quint? No, his name is... Oh, is it hell. Quinn? I think it's Quinn. Quinn. His name is Quinn, yeah. 
Uh, and he's the sharpest kid. He, the guy knows more about Star Trek than I do. And he's, you know, 9, 10, 11. I don't know what he is. It's pretty impressive. Um, so you presented uh, B. Joe and John with a painting that J.K. Woodward did. Yeah, it took, it took a little bit of doing. Uh, as, as I said, even before I had met B. Joe for the first time, I, mean, I, I grew up in the 70s with her Star Trek Concordance, and, and it, it always, she always meant a lot to me yeah. for, for what they did in terms of, of uh, saving Star Trek. And knowing that they were going to be coming to the conventions, like I wanted them to be able to participate in a number of panels and different things. Uh, they were the prejudges for the costume right, contest right, right, today. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to do something special for them. I wanted them to have a moment, especially at the 50th anniversary, to pay tribute to what they yeah. did. So I thought, well, I'll throw something at the end of what I do, yeah. which, when the schedule was released, very conveniently happened to be right before William Shatner came on. Oh. So the room was at its fullest. Nice. Uh, when we brought him out. But I had uh, comic artist J.K. Woodward paint an original painting of them paying tribute to their history with Star Trek. Yeah. Uh, and he did a marvelous job and uh, took a little bit of skullduggery to get them backstage. Right, because they were they had no idea that this, this was going to no, happen. No idea that we were going so to how, do So what it. ruse did you use to get them? Uh, we, we had uh, one of our Star Trek.com writers uh, uh, brought them back under the ruse of doing an interview. Oh, okay. And then we managed to rope them into coming actually backstage from the green room. Right. Uh, and then uh, did that at the appropriate time. And then I announced, you know, it's like, we really need to pay tribute to these people. Yeah. And I brought them out and, and they just had no idea whatsoever. But it was terrific. They got a standing ovation. Oh, man, that's uh, great. I was able to pre present them with the painting. I think they were very touched by it. And I think there were just incredibly happy uh, after this many decades to be, you know, still recognized yeah. for what they did for fandom. Yeah, that's really cool. Well, um, that's a great memory, you know? That's, that's, that's a really great thing that you did and that CBS uh, recognizes, uh, you know, recognizes the heart of Star Trek, you know? And that's uh, something that you're not going to get at other conventions, I think. Uh, not to put the other conventions down. Um, the big uh, takeaways from me, I, like I said, I managed to have a little chat with Nana Visitor, which was wonderful. We'll be uh, uh, dishing that out next week, I think. I also had a nice chat with Michael Dorn. I got to watch him eat lunch. I got to watch him eat Brent Spiner's lunch. It clearly said Brent on it. And at some point it said, uh, you know that's Brent Spiner's lunch. You took his lunch. He said, no, no, no. He told me I could have it. I said, okay, that sounds good. And um, <laughs> Whether that's true or not, it's, it's, said, it's, it still seemed, is terrific. He seemed very much like Brent is well aware that I have his lunch. He said it was okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right, that's cool. He goes, because Brent knows that. Because, you know, Michael Dorn's like a, a super vegan. He's mm -hmm. like, Brent is also a healthy eater, and he knows what I can and cannot have. I'm like, all right, cool. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, I'm like, I'm going to have another smash burger at the Rio Hotel and <laughs> stuff it in my mouth in the five minutes I have free. Um, and then the other big thing was we did our One Trek Mind panel, the second one. We did the best episodes ever. And quite frankly, I don't think we have the time right now to go into it because it's a healthy debate. Um, but I, I am annoyed that we didn't pick Darmok, did not make it in the top ten. I am annoyed that uh, Corbomite Maneuver didn't make in the top ten. And as a friend of mine pointed out, it's a little bit strange that we have... Oh, that's the worst episodes. I'm trying to look at them. It's a little bit strange that we have um, the 
uh, in the mirror darkly from Enterprise in there, but we don't actually have mirror mirror in there. Um, it's a little weird because we, I guess it's just because we wanted to make sure Enterprise was represented, but we don't have anything from Voyager in the top ten. I think in, in many ways it's easier uh, to come up with the worst episodes because I think there's fewer truly bad episodes of Star Trek, and there's a tremendous amount of, of really great episodes. There's yeah. a lot of debate. It's hard coming up with a top ten for any of the series. Oh, yeah, yeah, let alone everything. So this, Let alone of all of the 700 hours of Star Trek. Yeah, no, it, it was a crazy panel, and it brought out a lot of heat and a lot of argument, and it was consensus, which means that everybody was a little bit disappointed. So I'm going to very quickly read through what we decided for the 50th and anniversary were the top 10 episodes of all of Trek. And looking at it now, it still seems a little crazy. Number 10 is Magnificent Ferengi, which is a great episode, but I'm shocked that it's in there. It, it's a very fun episode, but I, I don't, I'm, I am a little baffled by that yeah. rising to the top 10 level over uh, things like Mirror Mirror. And, and over Mirror Mirror. And it also, it, it kicked out um, Trouble with Tribbles. That was at it number did. 10. I knew Tribbles was going to be contentious because people love it, but people always also hate it. So I thought it was good for number 10 for a while. But uh, we have a Magnificent Ferengi. Number 9 is In a Mirror Darkly, which I do love. It's great. Um, but, you know, and it's good to have Enterprise in there. Number eight is Balance of Terror. Terrific episode. Personally, I would put Corbin Might Maneuver in there over Balance of Terror. What about you? Corbin Might or? I think I'd go Balance of Terror over Ooh. it. I All mean, right. I, I, you know, I, I love Tranya too, but <laughs> but it, it it is such a great Cold War yeah. episode. And it's it's got that, you know, run silent, run deep, yeah. submarine feel. I, it's it's a really intense chess match. There was also a lot of talk about Errand of Mercy, but that didn't make it in there. Uh, number seven is Chain of Command. Terrific. No, 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 no surprises there. Uh, Best of Both Worlds did not make it in because people agreed that the first half of Best of Both Worlds is dynamite. The second one kind of kind of fizzles out a little bit. So didn't make the top ten. I love this he at number six. He must be exhausted. <laughs> number six, uh, The Visitor. That's nice that that was in there, huh? don't you think? Uh, the Visitor is one of my all-time favorite Star Trek episodes, so I'm thrilled that that's yeah. in there. Uh, I think that's kind of science fiction at its best. Yeah. Number five was Yesterday's Enterprise. Also tremendous. Number four was A Mock Time. There was uh, a big push at some point to try to get that at number one, although ultimately ended up at number four. Number three, The Inner Light. Uh, which which people love, but then this one woman stood up. It was said it was sentimental rubbish. Yeah, I believe she's Scottish. This woman, I, I forget her name, but I've met her a few times. Now she's wonderful, and she stands and she goes, no, no, no. And I go, what are you? What's wrong with sentimental? It's sentimental rubbish. And what she wanted in there instead was uh, what she was a big booster of uh, balance of terror. So she's clearly a fighter, this woman. Uh, but that was in at number three, number two in the pale moonlight. Which is great. It's a great friggin' episode, but it is the darkest moment in it all is, of Star it is Trek. It's the darkest moment of all of Star Trek, and it is, it is almost the most irredeemable thing you ever see a he captain the of file. Starfleet do. Where, I don't, I, d and, and, and you know he's struggling with it. Oh, though. yeah. You know, yeah. You know he, what he feels deep inside, but he still 
follows that path. I know. Like, what would Captain Kirk have done? What What would Gene Roddenberry have said about it in the Pale Moonlight? You know, this is a big discussion. Yeah, it's a it's a great episode. It's 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 also among my favorite. But yeah. I, I was kind of surprised it was as high as number two. So a lot of people because were, of how dark it is. A lot of people were like, no, it's number one. And actually, <clears throat> I put my foot down. I used executive order, and I said I refuse to allow this to be number one because it's too dark for Star Trek. Number one, of course. Well, another also dark, but but with a different way is. Um, City on the Edge of Forever, which came in at number one. No surprises there. Uh, not too many people gave up a fight, and I think that ultimately that is the right call. It is the, it's the best, it's the most famous, but it's also the best. And, and every time I watch it again, I'm like, yeah, yeah, this really is the best. It still touches me. Yeah, absolutely. He knows, Doctor, he knows. That moment is, is just thrilling, you know? It's, it's really great. So you came away thinking that these ten, uh, you're not humiliated and embarrassed, you're willing to... I'm not humiliated and embarrassed, but it's uh, there's so many great episodes. It's like, I think we could put almost an entirely different top ten together and go, yeah. well, there's some surprises in there, right. but, right. you know, most of it makes sense. Yeah, we could we could do it again tomorrow and swap out the room with new new people in the audience and who knows, maybe maybe next year we'll try it again and see what happens. But uh, So anyway, that's the, that's the recap of the day. Uh, my plans next, I don't know about uh, you, John, my plan is to go and uh, pack my clothes and then collapse. I don't know about you, but uh, you have one more day. You're not packing your clothes yet. I have a full day tomorrow and then packing up uh, all of our uh, things that we brought here. And uh, then I'm heading home not until Monday morning. Right. But then we'll see you again in New York for Mission New York in early September. Get to do it for Star Trek Mission New York. And uh, then after that, uh, Destination Europe. In, in Britain. Yeah. It just and, keeps going. And uh, then it'll be 2017. Oh, man. Then it's the cruise. Oh, man. All right. Well, listen, John, thanks again um, for for doing the inexplicable job that you do, which is 100 different things, all in the name of protecting and serving the brand of Star Trek. And uh, if, if fans want to contact you on Twitter, they can figure out how to find you. I'm not giving out your Twitter handle. They, they should be able to find me. I'm not that hard to find on, 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 the, on the Twitters. Okay, good. Um, thank you so much for having me. I, uh, any excuse to, start, to, to talk Star Trek, I'm happy to sit down and you do got it. it. I want to try to find that woman that was dressed as the crystalline entity. and you know, She had ships coming off of her tendrils. She had, a, a, she had like a warbird. She had the Enterprise. It was. I, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of bummed I didn't get a closer look at it because I, I think those might have been Hallmark ornaments. And I wanted to oh. check that out and see if that was I the case. I think one of the CBS associates got some really good photos. So you, I, uh, I'm sure I'll be able to find yes. out. But uh, <laughs> I'm always curious. Like, yeah. oh, they use our stuff? <laughs> <laughs> That's great. All right, John, we'll, we'll talk to you soon. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.